and she wrote a brief dedication of it, like a little just introductory thing. And she says, may these verses find an echo in other hearts and be of help, especially in hours of trial, by reminding you of a saviour's sympathy and a father's love. Mm. May they help some to take humbly and patiently the chastisement which is sent, not less in tenderness than in wisdom. We are not as yet come to the rest and the inheritance, but thank God we shall soon enjoy both. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Monet Funke. And I'm Cara Devro. And in this week's episode, we're looking at the timeless classic, Before the Throne of God Above. We'll be celebrating a birthday, talking about assurance of faith and giving credit where credit is due. But before we jump into all that fun, we want to encourage you to keep in touch so that you never miss an episode. If you're listening to us on YouTube, hit subscribe and ring the bell so that you are notified next time we drop an episode. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and it does help if you're able to drop a five-star review in the review panel, wherever that might be. Um, but the best way, the very best way to keep in touch with us is to head over to himpartial.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. That newsletter comes out once a week and it's not spam. And this always has fun, cool bonus content that you can't find anywhere else. Um, so please go over to impartial.com and sign up today. Yep. And you know what day it is today? It's the... That the Lord has made. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 21st of June, and that is quite by accident. We've timed this perfectly. Yes. Um, Because the writer of Before the Throne of God Above was born on this day Mm. in 1841. Oh, quite a long time ago, though. (laughs) Yeah. The weirdest thing about it is that she actually died on the 20th of June. 1923 the oh. day before her birthday just one day shy goodness <laughs> yeah she was going to be 82 but she just never made it all right oh well her name actually was charity lees smith or lace smith i don't know l s lees oh i think i would say lees lees yeah i think i would say lees uh yeah she was a smith she was born a smith um she was the daughter of an irish minister and the middle child of seven <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so yeah, she was born in, in Dublin and her father was a minister in Colebrook Church there. Is that a famous church? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I was like, maybe someone out there is like, oh yeah, Colebrook. Oh yeah. Col- if you know of Colebrook Church, you know, give this uh, video a thumbs up. But honestly, I've never heard of it. You said it kind of like, oh, Colebrook Church, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> I should have checked to see if it's still still there. Anyway, there's not, not a lot known about her, but she seems to have grown up in a godly home. Mm-hmm. She seems to have been saved at an early age. Had a good grasp of scripture. Always um, nice. Yeah, her first hymns and poems were published before she was even 20 years old. Okay, young and accomplished, huh? Yeah, makes me feel old and unaccomplished. (laughs) Um, So she married twice, which was why I was saying about her being called Smith. She married twice, the first time to a Mr. Bancroft, who passed away, the second time to a Mr. de Chenaise. It looks French. Mm. Um, Now, I read in one place that 
the second guy she got divorced in 1915. But I couldn't find anything to back that up. Like everywhere else was just like, yeah, she's widowed twice. Oh. Which is just Hmm. as bad. Um, I mean, it stinks for her, but it's different. Yeah, yeah. So um, the reason I'm telling you that and making a thing about the second names is that her name varies between hymnals. Okay. So you might see Charity Lee's Duchesne's or you might see Charity Lee's Bancroft Mm -hmm. and both are correct. It just depends when the hymnal was published. Okay. Yeah. Um, Depends who she was married to at the time. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah. Apart from that, um, she emigrated to the US at some point because she died in California. Oh, wow. In 1923. Um, and that's where she's buried. Really? That's, yeah. Where in California? Oh, I saw this and I thought, I'll write this down because Monet <laughs> might know it. Is it Oakland? Maybe. Oakland, yeah. yeah. Oakland, California. Yeah. I think it might be in Oakland. It's NorCal or okay. SoCal. Okay. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Miss Charity Lee's whatever you want to use the last name. Mm, okay. Um, any thoughts on her brief and... <laughs> Not very factful life. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday to her. God, that, that's a nice uh, uh, bit of providence that we're doing this episode on her birthday. Uh, no, not really. Seems like pretty short bio for her, to be honest. Yeah, happy 180th. Yeah. Oh, good job lady. you're not still alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's just look at the hymn then. All right. So I had always thought that Before the Throne of God was a modern classic. Mm -hmm. And in some ways it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was actually written in 1863. Yeah. Which is not that modern. No. And she was only 22 at the time. Oh, wow. So it was originally entitled The Advocate. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense, huh? Yeah, I like that. It rose in popularity in the 1870s and then ended up largely forgotten. Um, and it's possible that it was because it wasn't written with a particular tune in mind and the tunes that were used for it weren't... They weren't exciting. Weren't amazing. Yeah. Some of them were a bit um, too sad, I think, for the content. Yeah. And people were just kind of like, nah. Um, but we'll get to that. Yeah. About how it did come to be well known. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the tune it was originally set to when it first came out was a tune called Sweet Hour, which is quite a somber tune. Uh, I don't really know how it goes. I'd have to look it up. But It sounds sweet. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the wonderful things about this song is that it has so much scripture in it. There are yeah. references to Hebrews, mm. Romans, Isaiah, and a bunch of other ones. Yeah. Um, but Monet, would you mind just reading us the lyrics? Most definitely, I will. I will do that with pleasure and joy. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven in his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair, and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there, who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. 
for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Behold him there, the risen lamb, the perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. Amen. I'd like to see the Mormons try and sing that one. (laughs) I was almost like, oh, pay attention to what you're reading because I feel like I know this song by heart. I don't, um, there's maybe a few dozen songs I know by heart, Mm. like hymn wise. And this is probably one that it's almost by heart. Like it's, you know, so I was like, wait a minute, am I going to mess up a word? Because I am just going from memory. (laughs) Yeah, there's just so much richness in this song, though. And I don't even know where to start. But it's hard to tell for me, do I love the song because it's a good song or do I love it because it so heavily refers to Hebrews and I love the book of Hebrews. Hebrews is a good book, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, But do you have any initial thoughts on it? I love the original name of the song, The Advocate, because Mm -hmm. one of the lines that sticks in my head when I think of this song is um, uh, my, what is it? A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. That, that's the line that just kind of like encapsulates the whole song to me. Yeah. Um, obviously before the throne of God above, you know, uh, conveys that as well. Mm. But I like the original title um, and I kind of want to go back to that one. <laughs> Let's just start calling it that. Yeah. That's the end of it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This is a hymn that expresses a very real security in Christ mm-hmm. um, who intercedes for us. Um, one of the things I like about it is it dwells on our salvation, but it's very clear that Christ is at the center of that salvation. Yeah. Amen. And I really love how uncompromising the lyrics are on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, Charity evidently believed that once you're in Christ, you are definitely saved mm-hmm. and there's nothing that anyone can do to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one of the great things about this song. It's one of the great, like, encouraging things about this song. Yeah. Um. Yeah, in verse two, she's really realistic about her assurance and her hope. Mm-hmm. You have that line, um, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. So she recognizes that we don't stop being sinners in this world. Um, there's always a struggle. There's always temptation. Mm-hmm. We keep sinning. We keep having to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have the next line, upwards I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The song just stirs up so many emotions in me, like in a good way, as we were talking about last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, good emotions. Good emotions. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the lyrics understand how hard the struggle can be. Mm-hmm. And yet they remind us that sometimes we need to recalibrate and mm-hmm. stop like getting so lost in how sinful we are that we forget how great God is. Yeah. And that reminded me of that Martin Luther quote which I should have written down, but para- <laughs> paraphrasing, he he talks about how sometimes the devil reminds him how sinful he is. And he's like, yeah, I am. Right. Great reminder, devil. Thank you. And then he's like, doesn't that make God's grace all the more wonderful? It does. Yeah. Um, and then verse three really gets going with the praise of who Christ is, what he has done, and expresses an unshakable faith in his promises, which reminded me of that verse in Joshua... 2145, where it says, not one word of all the good promises that the Lord made to the house of Israel had failed 
all came to pass. Mm. Like every single one of them. Yes. Amen. So before the throne of God above does a wonderful job of teaching the powerful themes of Christ as our intercessor Mm -hmm. and advocate before the father. Mm -hmm. Um, It teaches us that there is no guilt and condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's the Romans reference. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is the perfect um, propitiation for our sins. And he will keep us to the end. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. once you're in him, you're in him. There's Mm -hmm. no... No changing that at all. Yeah. Um, which just makes it such a powerful, beautiful, moving song. I really yeah. love it. I love that line too. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue could bid me thence depart. Mm-hmm. It, you know, just picking up on what you were saying, those themes in here from scripture, it's such a visual that like our Christ is alive and he is standing there as the advocate for us. He's there right now. Yes. Yeah. And as long as he's there, None of y'all could say anything to me. It does that's, not make any difference. That's he's not going anywhere either. Exactly. <laughs> so this is not going to change. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's um, it's, it's like one of those phrases, you know, when, when people say, oh, do you like cheese? And you're like, I don't know. Is the sun going to rise in the morning? Or, you know, like, or it's, it's like one of those, like, it's, is my love for cheese is as sure as, as it could get, you know, that is really random. If you know me, you know, I love cheese, but it's like, it's obviously that's a trivial example, but it's like, Oh, how, how, um, how secure is my name in the palms of the mm-hmm. hands of God? Well, as long as Jesus is standing there, it's that sure. Well, he's always going to be standing yeah. there, you know? It's like, oh, okay, very sure then. Your, yeah. your name is not going to be removed from the Lord. Like, you know, so I love that. I love as well that she's like, um, no tongue can bid me thence depart. And then she's like, when Satan tempts me to despair. And like, we already know, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Yeah. Like, I'm here. That's it. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, love it. But I do like the realism of like, yeah, sometimes you are tempted to despair. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's such a hopeful song. It's a beautiful song. This is definitely one of my favorite hymns. Don't ruin it. I'm not going to. I'm going to ask what happened. Uh-oh. Like, why? Why did they sing it all through the 1870s? Yeah. And then everybody was like, meh. Oh, it's just good things get lost sometimes. But good things get found. Yeah. <laughs> this is a metaphor for life. Sometimes. We should get t-shirts. Yeah. So it's like good things get lost, but good things get found. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what did happen to it? Um, so if it was largely unsung since the 1800s, how come so many people know it now? Mm. Well, Miss Vicky Cook or Mrs. Vicky Cook, I'm not sure. She's Mrs. Vicky Cook. Mrs. Vicky Cook. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's a Sovereign Grace lady. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler. We're back on the Sovereign Grace, <laughs> yeah. guys. If you haven't picked up by now, you should check them out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we have Mrs. Vicky Cook to thank. Um, thank you. Uh, she's one of the people associated with Sovereign Grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She became familiar with the lyrics in the 1990s. Her mm-hmm. pastor had been to England. He'd heard it. He came back and he got the congregation to sing it. And she says it bombed. Really? Yeah. She thought it was the tune. Um, she loved the lyrics and mm-hmm. she took a copy home with her. And she was kind of like, oh, it'd be a shame if the lyrics were forgotten because the tune wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So she thought to herself, I want to sing this song and I'm going to find a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. So she went and wrote a tune to it. Um, Lovely. Yeah, it was a good shout. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the new tune was only written in about an hour, which was unusual for her. She was saying that her and her husband usually take weeks or months to write a song. Yeah, okay. So it's pretty quick. But to be fair, she'd only really intended it for her personal devotions. She was like, I like this song, hate the tune, gonna write a new one. Um, But then they passed it on to their worship leader and he was like, yes. (laughs) And then it kind of just snowballed from there. Goodness, I'm glad it wasn't a personal devotion um, only kind of thing. Cause yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, this is a fa- this is definitely a fave. You know, I'm not like yes, I love this song about a lot of songs. Not that I dislike them, but I really do love this song. Yeah, it's one of my go tos. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly, that was 1997, mm-hmm. so we're only talking twenty something years ago, mm-hmm. 24, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, the tune has pretty much become inseparable for the, from the lyrics in the same way Amazing Grace was. Oh. Because oh. when I say, do you know the song before the throne of God above? In your head, you're going, no, no, no. I can't hum it, actually, because. <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> um, good, because that wasn't a good rendition of the <laughs> Well, I started. Na, na, na. <laughs> and I started, and I was like, actually, the tune is not public domain. Okay, yeah. Yeah, which is a common mistake people make. Mm. But I'll get to that. An interesting side note before we get to that is that Vicky Cook also wrote a fourth verse, mm. which didn't ever take off. Oh. And the fourth verse goes, I bow before the cross of Christ and marvel at his love divine. God's perfect son was sacrificed to make me righteous in God's eyes. This river's depths I cannot know, but I can glory in its flood. My, uh, the Lord most high has bowed down low and poured on me his glorious love. I thought you were going to end that with glorious blood. <laughs> I thought you were going to rhyme flood with blood. And I was like, ooh, that's probably why I didn't take off. But um, no, it was love. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be creepy. If like he poured on me his glorious blood. It's kind of a, ooh, quite a graphic image. It's gory. Though there are songs that we sing that do have that kind of, like I'm thinking of. Yes. Someone, we put up a um, post recently saying what, him would you if you could get rid of any him in the world what would you get rid of and there's a lady who said uh the fountain of blood one yeah because she it thought it was gory. really the but i'm so used to it the imagery makes me think of like i don't think of like a literal fountain of blood i think of like a fountain of grace but that's just how my brain has rewired I think- so I'm queasy with, I'm not, I'm better than I used to be, but I'm not a massive fan of needles. So when it says there's blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, yeah. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> you're like, stop it. No, thank you. It's a solid song. Let us know in the comments. Are you a fan of there is a fountain filled with blood? Yes or no. If you're not a fan, go and listen to our episode on it and yeah. you will be because yeah. it is a great song. Anyway. Um, no, but what do you think of that extra verse? You know, I, as you as you were reading it, I was thinking, okay, these aren't bad lyrics. I just maybe don't think it adds anything particularly to the song. You know, I think they she touches on themes that are kind of already there. Yeah. Maybe there's like more, you know, love and sentiment maybe in the last, maybe I, I, I would, I would really want to stretch it and say that that's the case, but I don't know that it adds anything so I can understand. Whereas there are other songs that we know of where a verse was added. Um, Amazing Grace is a good example. Um, 
Was it Amazing Grace? It no, was. Yeah. When we've been there 10,000 years, but it's that, not by John Newton. I know, but that does add something yeah. to it. And that's why it has picked up. That, that like, is the cherry on top of... I think maybe with this verse, it talks about God's perfect son was sacrificed. But then there's kind of like the next three-ish, four-ish lines are kind of like about me. Mm. They're not like, well, they... They say, like, they make me righteous in God's eyes and God is bowed down low. Mm -hmm. But it's still like, I can't know, but I can glory. And he poured on me his love, which is slightly different in tone from the rest. I don't know. I would I would disagree. The The lyrics talk about me a lot. And it said, my name is graven in his hand. I know that while in heaven it stands, my life is hid with Christ on high, with my Christ, my Savior, and my God. You know, I think it is like my sinful soul is counted free. Mm-hmm. You know, he. I look on him who pardoned me. I think there is. Sorry, I don't mean to just. No, totally I'm just like desperately trying to work out no, why it hasn't taken off. So I, I'm like, maybe that's why. I honestly I think that they're good lyrics. They just don't necessarily add much that's not yeah. already there. I think like even it says like you know, beholding there the risen land, the perfect spotless righteousness. So it's already in the lyrics that Christ is our perfect propitiation. Mm-hmm. You know, for our sins and. You know, the great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace. Like all yeah. of those themes are already kind of there in the song. The song feels complete already, I think. Yes, yes. And to add more to it is just kind of like... No shade to Vicky Cook. If yeah. you're listening, thank you for this it's, song. <laughs> it's like 102 Dalmatians. Yeah. 101 Dalmatians was a good film. 102 Dalmatians was not a bad film, but <laughs> it wasn't necessary to the franchise. It was extra. <laughs> it was a little bit extra that we maybe. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, we don't have a problem with the verse. No, but no, it's a, it's fine. It's a fine verse. Maybe somebody will be listening to this and they'll like they'll pick it up. They're like, no, verse four, <laughs> like. <laughs> Let's do it, you know, and maybe it'll yeah. take off. Who By knows? By all means, it did take me a long time to find the verse. Okay. It was really buried. Mm. It was only because um, something I read mentioned the first line of it that I was able to type in Vicky Cook and then the first line. Oh. And that's how I was able to find the okay. lyrics. But if you type in verse four, it just, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't come up. It's really hard to yeah. dig up. Okay. Mm, interesting. Anyway, going back to the tune. Um, <laughs> one of the funny things about the new tune that I can't hum it because YouTube or whatever might pick it up as a copyright infringement um, because there have been some copyright issues around it. Really? Nothing major, no lawsuits or anything that I'm aware of. Yeah. But because people don't realize that the tune isn't public domain, even though the lyrics are, there have been people like Shane and Shane recorded an album where they had this song on it and they had been told that it was the original tune. Oh. So they didn't credit Vicky Cook. It was all fine. It was all sorted. Um, But this has happened a few times. Yeah. Um, And actually, no, this isn't the original tune. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's not public domain. Yeah. I imagine that's hard to... Um, reconcile too because it is such an old hymn that folks might be like oh because even in I was looking at this we might have sung this like a few Sundays ago Mm -hmm. and in our hymnal it says to the tune of before the throne of God above and I just thought oh okay that's nice like they're saying oh when you sing it to the tune of before the throne you have to repeat the lines or whatever and um 
our hymnals aren't older or anything like that, but a lot of the hymns in the hymnal yeah. tend to be quite old. So I could imagine thinking like, oh, this is like, you know, from the 1800s, which well, the lyrics are. The tune has kind of become so iconic that yeah. you don't really separate the two in your head. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of understandable. Yeah. And the, that's a credit to Vicky Cook again. Yeah. I swear we're not trying to make up for the fact that we were dissing verse four. We nah. weren't really dissing it. But that's a credit to her as well, that she understood the lyrics enough to match mu- music to it that yes. didn't sound so foreign to it. You yeah, know? it didn't sound like they were trying to cram a yeah. tune to a song. Yeah. Vicky, you nailed it. We love yeah. it. <laughs> um, so this new version has been recorded by so many people. It's mm. hard to find a recording that's not this tune. Wow. So... I don't know some of these artists, but mm. I'm sure you guys do because you're hip and cool. Yeah. But um, they've been recorded by people like Sonic Flood, Sela or Sela or Sela, however you want to say it. Promise Keepers, Lou Fellingham from Fatfish, Sojourn Church, Glad, Shane and Shane, Matt Papa, a bunch of others. I know like two out of the 20 people you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I am not hip at all. If you haven't, t- you couldn't tell. Uh, no, that's crazy. That's a lot of people for the last twenty. You said twenty four years. Twenty four years. Wow. But if you go on YouTube, just type in "Before the Throne of God Above." There are literally hundreds of thousands of of hits, and most of them are recordings of various people covering it. Yeah. Shane and Shane did add a weird bridge thing mm. I wasn't a big fan mm-hmm. um, they do know. that a lot mm. I, I, I happen to be a fan of most of their weird alterations but I, I haven't like, I don't think I've heard this one they did a mashup of praise to the lord the almighty and joy to the world yes. I really like it Yes, you'll know that if you get the newsletter <laughs> because I've linked it more than once <laughs> yes I, I re- really like Shane and Shane too but that's Maybe we should. Do you want us to invite them on? Yeah, I think maybe we should try to get Shane and Shane on because we're both fans and I don't think we realize how much we are separately fans of Shane and Shane. So anyways, digression. We'll put a pin in that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Stay tuned. Shane and Shane, if you're watching this, we love you. (laughs) Anyway, going to another um, more famous person again, Bob Coughlin wrote on his blog that when he first heard this song he thought it was a classic that the church will still be singing 100 years from now and frankly I'm inclined to agree with him you know what I'm pretty sure the first time I heard this song it was Bob Coughlin in the Together for the Gospel recording it would be the Sovereign Grace connection is yeah 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like his voice and then uh you know, what hundreds and thousands is it thousands of people that go to those conferences i have I no idea know. it sounds like a lot it's too it's too fancy for me I but think we have a few thousand reform Baptists yeah. in Scotland. <laughs> no we wouldn't get that we wouldn't get those kind of numbers but yeah it was his voice beautiful voice mm-hmm. piano um and you know a few thousand men singing mm-hmm. like full-throated this song Do you know what? Great. we could put that version in the newsletter yeah. so you can hear just like the warmth of the sound. Oh, it's so lovely. Um, oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, so I thought we could finish up by reading the passage in Hebrews that this song draws from. Mm. And then I'll read to you what Charity Lee's Dijonese or Bancroft <laughs> said about this hymn herself. Okay. So Monet, do you want to read us Hebrews 4, 14 to 16? Most definitely. 
Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. I really love Hebrews. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, I love it. There's so much in there. Um, And then just to finish, um, Charity published this hymn, I think it was called Beyond the Veil or Through the Veil, Hmm. in her own little collection of poems and hymns. Okay. And she wrote a brief dedication of it, like a little just introductory thing. And she says... May these verses find an echo in other hearts and be of help, especially in hours of trial, by reminding you of a Savior's sympathy and a Father's love. Mm. May they help some to take humbly and patiently the chastisement which is sent, not less in tenderness than in wisdom. We are not as yet come to the rest and the inheritance, but thank God we shall soon enjoy both. Right on. Looking forward to meeting her. I feel like we'd be friends. Yeah. Wow. Well, praise God for uh, Charity Lee's Bancroft. Pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Praise God for praise God for her and those lyrics, and for Vicky Cook in making this Mm -hmm. uh, a fresh a fresh tune for us to enjoy. I'm very grateful for this song, and it is dear to my heart. Um, and thank you for bringing that to us today, Kara. Well, I think that just about wraps up another episode of Him Partial. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss another episode. And go to himpartial.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. We have a lot of fun things lined up and we don't want you to miss it. So make sure you go to himpartial.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.